but uh, uh, if you recall, we've been going through a series we called Back to the Basics. So we're starting off at the very, be at the very beginning, the basic stuff, and of course the very first thing we talked about was the gospel, right? What the gospel is, what, it, what, it's, what it's not. Uh, we, we went through and talked about those things. The second thing that we started talking about was uh, our identity in Christ, because that's an important thing, because that identity is from which we live our life. Okay, and so then we started talking about that, and so then the obvious next thing is, well, if if God is forming the church, the body of Christ today, and that's what's going on, then we need to figure out um, uh, some of those things. So that's why we start talking about right division. Uh, what's the purpose of right division and all that stuff? So uh, the verse, obviously, that we always go to is Second Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen, and we've we've been going through here talking about. Uh, time past, right? Just doing like an overview of, of right division, what it is, the purpose behind it, um, what it is, again, what it's not. And then we started talking about going through those different sections. So notice here, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, and we'll get started. Study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Father, we thank you for the, for the opportunity that we have to study your word that you've preserved it throughout the years and ages that we can have it, that we can study it, uh, that we can take the information and apply it to our lives. We thank you for the life that we have in Christ Jesus, and it's to his praise and honor and glory of your grace, and it's in his name we, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so, uh, as, we, as we've gone through here, of course, 2 Timothy 2.15 has really just been our jumping off point, uh, and then we went back to uh, Ephesians chapter 2, right? And in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, we found out that there is a, a, a time that was called time fast. Uh, in verse 13, we found out that there is a but now. And then in verse 7, we find out there's an ages to come. Now, what's really interesting, we've talked about these before and we've gone through this. And if you remember, what was the, what was the major distinction in time past. Well, how is it that we can read scripture and find out what time past, when it is, when it starts, when it begins, and all that stuff? The main issue there was what? Do we remember? I know it's been a little while since we've been here, but circumcision, circumcision and uncircumcision, right? That's the issue. So you got a group of people that were called the circumcision, right? And then you had another group of people down here called the uncircumcision. And that difference began, if we remember, with Abraham, right? That was the first person to whom God gave circumcision as a way to set apart the nation of Israel from the rest of the world, right? We've talked about that. We've gone over that. So then the main key, in, key to that is that's that middle wall partition that Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 2, right? The thing that fortified it, if we remember, was that law that was given to Moses. And that's what we looked at the last time, right? Um, from Abraham to Moses, we have some issues that are going on there. And we talked about those things. And then uh, what it's gotten us up to is where we can actually start talking about the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, right? Now, what's really interesting, um, I forget which, which one it is. One of the TV programs that we did, 
Um, I've gotten caught up in a little back and forth between me and another guy that decided to make a comment on it. And uh, so it starts off and he said, there's one gospel in the Bible. Well, we know that that's not true. And one of the things that we brought up is in Galatians. And so then, you know, we've, we've talked about this before. Let's go take a look at this real quick. And this just follows suit with everything else that we know uh, that's going on, right? In Galatians chapter 2, and uh, I asked him, I was like, so what do you do with this verse? And in Galatians chapter 2, of course, we know Paul's up with uh, Peter, James, and John. Uh, what's really interesting is um, in verse 9, it says, and James, Cephas, and John. So it's really interesting that at some point, James kind of takes over that position of the head guy over Peter, which is really interesting. <clears throat> and so that's something we can deal with, talk about some other time. But it's really interesting when we look at that. But notice here in verse 7, and so I posted this verse to him, and I said, so what do you do with this verse? And it says, but contrary wise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. Now, that means... These folks up here had a gospel, and this, these folks down here now have a gospel in this dispensation of the grace of God. And so then he said, well, those are the audiences that they're going to take the one gospel to. And I said, well, the problem with that, and I noticed the verse that he used was from a different version of the Bible, so that brings up a whole other problem. And I said, a lot of the new versions, what they'll do is they'll change that word of to to. And so it's the gospel to the circumcision and the gospel to the uncircumcision. And that, that way they say, well, there's one gospel going to two different groups of people. Well, the problem with that is that's not true. So then his last question that he asked me was, did Jesus Christ and Paul preach the same gospel? And my answer was no, they couldn't have. And so then he responded, uh, go real quick over to Mark chapter 1. So he responded... <coughs> And he said, so the gospel of God and the gospel of God are two different things. That's what you're telling me. And so then he, he posted some verses. And Mark 1.14 was one of them that he posted. And said, here's what Jesus Christ did. And I don't have a problem with what he's, what, what he's saying there. But I told him, I said, you might want to go back and check your Bible because you're missing a couple words. Now notice this in Mark chapter 1 verse 14. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel. What's those next three words? Of the, of the kingdom. Those three words are not in his Bible. What it says is preaching the gospel of God. Now, is that different than preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God? And the answer is yes. Those three words changes something for this guy hopefully and i'm not that was just my response this morning i said you know go check because mark 114 is missing some words and little things like that can completely change how you study the bible um, it can take you from understanding that there is a difference between the circumcision and uncircumcision that god set up and if you take that difference away then everything's going to be to us. So then when you go back and read Deuteronomy 28, the cursings and the blessings, then those are ours as well. And so then if we do that, then we live our life 
based on if I mess up, that's, and if I mess up, something bad's going to happen. Makes the death of Christ uneventful, really, and and it won't make it effectual at all. Not just that, but his life. It takes his life from us if we if we misunderstand these things. So we'll see what this guy says. But we're we're. I don't like to do this a lot, but he's been very cordial throughout the entire thing. So it's 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 actually been a, a really good discussion that we've had back and forth, um, and I appreciate that because instead of coming in and like. You know, you're a fool. Yeah, we have renounced crosswork ministries and Gregory and all this oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you could renounce him. Well, you know, it, hopefully, hopefully we can work through that and kind of help him out because that's that's an important distinction. If we get that, if you, if we get that distinction, our life changes completely because we don't look at every circumstance. When I when I first had my issue with the kidney stone, if, if in my old life before I found out about grace, my old life would have been, what did I do wrong, or what sin did I not confess? Because that's what I was taught. But now knowing some things, I understand that I live in a sin cursed world, and part of a sin cursed world is a body that's going to fail, over and over again. And so I look at those things and I understand a little bit more about it. So instead of me going through something today, <coughs> going back here thinking I'm Israel and that means I've done something wrong to have gotten that, I understand what's going on and I'm not going to go back here and try to claim Israel's promises. I definitely don't want to claim their curses. Which a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll go and claim their blessings, but they won't go and get their cursings. But let's go take a look at a few things real quick. Since we're back here, go to Matthew chapter 10. Because this is one of those things that's really interesting. Mark 1.14 says, Jesus Christ, when he starts off in Galilee. In fact, if you back up, I said Matthew 10, right? Um, if we back up to... to uh, Let's go back to, to Matthew chapter 4 real quick. Because <clears throat> I want us to see this. When, when, when we see Mark 1.14, what we just got through reading, Jesus Christ, when he starts his, his ministry in Galilee, he's going about preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, right? So when, he, when he's going around and he's doing his, his preaching, what he's preaching is what? There is a kingdom that's coming, Right? It's a heavenly kingdom. Why? Because it's coming from a heavenly God. Because that's where it is. We talked about the last time. We didn't really get too much into it. When we, you know, a lot of times people mix the body of Christ with the bride of Christ and say, well, we're the bride. Well, we're not because the city's the bride. You go over to Revelation and you find out the city's the bride. So it's really interesting because that's one of those things you kind of think about. But notice here in Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 12. This is right after Jesus Christ is tempted of Satan. Verse 12 says, Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. Um, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulon and Nephthalim. Uh, 
that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the pro- by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Nephtalim, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Now, we don't have time to get into the phrase of Galilee, Galilee of the Gentiles. Um, we dealt with that as we're going through uh, Matthew on Wednesday nights. Uh, so if you want to go and check that out, go back and check that. Uh, verse 16, The people which sat in darkness uh, saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and, and shadow of death, light is sprung up, uh, sprung up. Notice in verse 17, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, when is it that he starts is right here in Matthew 4, verse 17. When he goes into Galilee, that's when he starts his ministry. Yeah. And so, that that's... You're ahead of me. That's fine. I, that's No, I love it. I love it. <clears throat> um, and so then, that's what's going on, right? He started his ministry there. And as you said, drop down to verse 23. Notice, he, he stops by and he picks up a couple other, other people. Notice in verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of, king, of the kingdom. Now, notice what goes along with the gospel of the kingdom. And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. If you preach the gospel of the kingdom today, do you know what else you have to do? You have to heal. You have to. That's part of it. He's healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease from who? From uh, among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, right? Part of the gospel of the kingdom is you have to heal people. You have to. So one of the things that I could ask this this young man, I guess it's a young man, I don't know, on YouTube is when you go and preach the gospel, are you healing? Because if you're not, then you're not doing the full gospel there. You can't be. You can't be you cannot preach that message without healing. You can't do it without healing and signs, right? We talked about that when we were going through I saw a sign, no you didn't, right? Those were the two things that went along with the kingdom gospel. Now, go over to Matthew chapter 10. <clears throat> or exercise huh? Or exercise yeah. The only exercise that needs to be done is like at Planet Fitness. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that, those are those things that went along with that, right? Matthew chapter 10. This is, this is really interesting because you like to bring this up to people. And this is one of those things that I never heard of before. And then it just kind of punched me in the face. So Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. And when they had called unto him his, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. What's one of the things that they're supposed to do? Cast out, cast out devils. Mm-hmm. All right. So, young man on, on YouTube, are you casting out devils? Because you have to. That's part of the gospel of the kingdom. He gave them power to cast out devils, uh, uh, power against unclean spirits, to cast them out. The purpose of him giving them the power against unclean spirits was to cast them out. Now, it's really interesting, later on, um, if you go and you study this, um, I think it's after the transfiguration, because uh, we were talking about that last a couple weeks ago, right? After that, 
they they don't cast any more any more out and they don't heal anybody else until Acts chapter three. So that's really interesting. So keep that in mind someday. But notice, what are they supposed to do? Cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. What are they doing? They're casting out devils. They're healing all manner of sickness. Those two were what? Signs for the nation of Israel. Notice. He lists them all in verses 2, 3, 4. Notice in verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the what? Gentiles. That's these people down here. If we were alive at that time, they would not have preached to us. All right, we'll see this a little bit as we go through. Notice. Go not in the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, what's really interesting about that is you've got Samaritans there, and he says, don't go to the Samaritans either. Well, in Acts chapter 1, when he sends them out, he says what? You're going to preach into, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. So they're added back in at a little bit later time. So that's something else that's kind of interesting. You can bookmark and think about that. But notice here in verse 6, But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as ye go, preach, saying, what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Isn't that the same thing that he was preaching in Matthew chapter 4? And also in Mark chapter 1. Yeah. And Judas was a devil. Yeah, and you've got Judas here who's, who's involved with this, right? Wow. So again, that's another one of those things yeah. you tuck in the back of your mind and think, okay. <clears throat> but what's he doing? He's saying, I want you to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. All right? So you've got the lost sheep of the house of Israel, not these people down here. Not the Sumerians, but I want you to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's the target audience. That's who they're going to go preach to. Question. According to Jesus Christ's ministry right here, sending out the twelve, is there a difference between the circumcision and the uncircumcision? Absolutely there is. So then, those are those types of things we have to keep, about, keep in mind. Notice in verse 8. Part of the things they're going to go and preach, verse 8, what? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor, purse for, nor brass for in your purses, nor script for your journey. Neither two coats nor shoes nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. And he goes on down through there. And so then when we look at those things, what's taking place is what? They're going, up, they're going out to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Right? Lost sheep of the house of Israel. And they're going to go what? Clean and or to heal and to cast out devils and all that stuff. Now, what's really interesting about that is uh, as we're, we're moving into... So on, on Wednesday nights, as we're going through Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start getting into the things where things start happening very quickly. 
He comes down out of the mountain in, Acts, in, in Matthew chapter 8, right? At Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, he comes down out of the mountain, Sermon of the Mount's done, and what he does is he starts healing people. And it's interesting because every one of those healings, they're not just arbitrary healings, they're healings that have a message to the nation of Israel says, this is a picture of you. Your God is here, Jehovah is here, and the way I'm going to prove that is I'm going to heal these people and they're going to be a picture of you your kingdom's here it, it's in your midst it wasn't the people who were rich and had wealth or it was the it was the least. yeah and it's really interesting because when we start looking at those things we're going to notice the first three miracles that he that he does all three of them are pictures of the nation of Israel and saying your god is in your midst. And it's really interesting. So as we go through Matthew, keep those things in mind. Um, we're still in Matthew chapter 6, so that's Matthew chapter 8, so we'll get there. That stuff goes starts going pretty quickly. So, you know, we've been in Matthew for quite some time, over a year almost. Um, yeah, it's over a year. So, I mean, it's one of those things as we go through here, keep those things in mind as we go through because it's going to start picking up very quickly. But we notice here, there, there are some things that we want to make sure that we pay attention to. What's really interesting is, drop down to verse 22. We're down here in verse 22. And what he's doing is he's, he's telling them there's some stuff that's going to happen. In fact, verse 16 says, Behold, I send you forth as, as sheep in the midst of wolves, right? He's telling them, when you go out, and you represent me, people are not going to like you. And he tells them a little bit later on, the reason they're not going to like you is because they didn't like me. When we drop down here to verse 22, he's preparing them, really, he's preparing them for the tribulation period. And we hopefully we see that. Verse 22, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. The end of what? The end. The end. He's saying when it, those that endure to the end shall be saved. He's talking about when you, when you endure to the end of that tribulation period, you will be saved. Now, every time we see that word saved, the question we have to ask ourselves is saved from what? That's not the debt penalty of our sin. That is that they, they that endure, it's not that they're saved unto eternal life. It's that they're saved from that persecution. When they endure to the end, they're no longer going to be persecuted. The context there is, is persecution. They're going to be delivered up. Right? right? They're going to be going through some really bad situations. And he says, But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Saved from those persecutions because they are going to get theirs. Salvation there is not debt penalty of sin for eternal life. And what we have, because people quote that. Mm-hmm. If you endure, you're going to get saved. I'm going to talk about that when we do the next verse of the week. I'm going to talk about that. So you're doing, you're doing Sunday school the next time, right? That's what I just heard. You all heard it. Bruce is, Bruce is teaching next Sunday school lesson. <laughs> so then that's the issue, right? Notice in verse 23, But when they persecute you in this city, flee, flee ye into another. For verily I say unto you, Ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. Question. 
Did those 12 endure to the end? Did they endure through the end of the tribulation period? No, because it didn't happen. So then, this, this right here, because this is one of those, one of those things people bring up. Do we, do we realize, verse 23 tells us that the Great Commission can't be fulfilled until after that. After the tribulation period, that's when they're going to be able to go to all people under the world. Because what's he say here? You're not going to go over all the cities of Israel till the Son of Man come. Son of Man comes, then they can go and fulfill the Great Commission. You cannot fulfill the Great Commission today. It's not possible. Many reasons. You, you're not healing. You're not casting out devils. You're not, you're not performing signs. And you can't go do something that he says won't take place until then. Yeah. Say again. Men will become as rare as gold. Mm -hmm. So after he comes back, they're going to, for a thousand years, do the Great Commission? Mm -hmm. Is that what? Okay. Mm -hmm. Will there be anybody to do that with? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there will be. Like, that's what I'm trying to wrap my mind around. Because there's still going to be Gentiles and other nations and stuff mm -hmm. during that thousand year reign. Yeah, there will be unbelievers out there. Absolutely. Okay. That they're going to go and preach to. Yeah. And then whoever we say, whoever they say they saved, and then once Satan's released again, he's going to gather up. He's going to gather them up, and they're going to go forth and do their thing for a season. Yeah. 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 That's all that, all that stuff out there. If, if you don't rightly divide, you mess up the entire Bible, especially that stuff out there. Yeah. Or you might try to make the rapture Matthew 24, which it can't be, right? And there's always, there's always these things that we all mess up. And I did it too growing up. Yeah. I did it too before I actually came to understand right division. And I'm still learning. I'm still trying to understand everything. And that's the great part about it. But yeah, I mean, that right there tells you they won't go through all the cities of Israel until Christ comes back. Because you got to think, they don't know... This is going to happen yeah. in Matthew 10. Right. They don't expect that. They expect the 70th week of Daniel is next. Right. Because he's preparing them to go through that stuff, endure to the end. He comes back. They're not going to go over all the cities of Israel until he comes back, and then they move forward. Yeah. In, in their mind, they know this is what's going on. They don't know that there is a time here that's called the dispensation of grace. Right. They don't know it. Christ isn't preaching it. So then that's what we've got to always keep in mind, especially when we're reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is keep those things in mind. The dispensation of grace is not revealed when those things are written down, yeah. when those things are taking place. Um, Sorry, no, I, I, I love sidetracks. Um, usually they're my fault. So go to, go to Matthew 15. Matthew chapter 15. And this is, this is one of those that... that that the majority of Christianity we used to get wrong too, um, but a lot of us get wrong. Notice in, in uh, Matthew chapter 15, 
when when we see when we see what's going on, you've got the kingdom of heaven is is, is being is being taught all the way up until we get to, to Matthew fifteen. It's still being taught. Don't get me wrong. But I want us to see the gospel of the kingdom. They had to heal. They had to cast out devils. That was that was sent. They were sent strictly to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, not to Gentiles. Right. So when we get here to Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed unto the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, Lord, have mercy on me. O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Is Jesus Christ still preaching the gospel of the kingdom at this time? The answer is yes. What is he going to do? He is to heal. So if he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom at this time, what should he do when this woman shows up? Heal her. But he doesn't to begin with. Why? It's not because he hated women. She's not Israel. Notice. But he answered her not a word. Why? She's a Gentile. His ministry was to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I am sent to my own, and they received me not, right? And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. So you can almost picture, they're walking down the street, she's coming up saying, Heal my daughter, son of David, which by the way is a pretty good place to start. In fact, she says, O Lord, which is even a better place to start. And she, even before that, she says, what? Have mercy on me, which is the best part. And then he, 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 he doesn't talk to her. And so then she's, all right, so I'm going to go to his disciples. And he said, they're saying, they're, she's crying after us. Send her away. Verse 24. But he answered and said, question, who is he saying this to? Her, her or them? Disciples. Notice. Who's he talking to? The disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So then when we look at that, who is he? He says, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That tells me what? She's down here. She's not part of the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 25. Then came she. So he said it to the disciples, right? Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Notice. But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Why does, he, why does he refer to her as a dog? Is because that's what the Gentiles were according to that particular time period. Notice in verse 27. This is faith, by the way. Okay? What does, faith, what does her faith say? Notice, and she said, Truth, Lord. What's she recognizing? I'm not part of the little sheep, or the little house of the, uh, the house of Israel, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And I am a dog, right? 
She's recognizing her position as a Gentile outside of his ministry and that covenant that he has. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Why? What did she say? She said, I know my position according to the words that are written down. I know that I am lower than your children, your chosen people. So it's not an issue that he hates women or anything like that. It's he had a purpose, and that purpose was to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel with the gospel of the kingdom, healing the sick, casting out devils. And, it not, and it's not until, by the way, is there a work that she does there? There's not. She says, I believe what the verses say. That's faith. I bet she went and listened to the synagogue. Mm-hmm. She wanted people that went to the synagogue. Yeah. And so then he says, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto, be it un, unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. So when Christ, by the way, in Matthew 15, is there a difference between the Jew and the Gentile by the time you get to Matthew chapter 15? The answer is yes. There is. Mm-hmm. Notice this real quick. <clears throat> Jump over to Matthew chapter 16. We're running low on time, but that's okay. Matthew chapter 16. This is this one's this is kind of interesting as well. Um Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. Let's start here at verse 21. Now again, there's, there's timing issues. When we read the verses, we see something that says, hey, this is a time period. Let's, let's, mark, let's mark this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. This is right after Jesus Christ is talking to Peter, and Peter makes that great profession that he is the Christ, right? Verse 21. From that time forth... What's that next word? Began. Began. So what it's saying is there is a point in time when Matthew 16, verse 21, right? Yeah. Verse 21, there is a time marker that from that time forth, what did Jesus teach? Began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. What's he tell them in Matthew 16, 21 is about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Did he talk about that before? No. Have they been preaching the gospel of the kingdom since the very beginning of Matthew, in this case, Matthew chapter 4? The issue here is, and again, Matthew doesn't really go through like chronological things. He does some things a little bit differently. But in Matthew chapter 4, he starts preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Matthew 15, we found out, or Matthew 10, he sends them out to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Matthew 15, he's still preaching the gospel of the kingdom to a particular group of people, not Gentiles, right? 
Matthew 16, he says, by the way, I've got to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to be, what, killed and be raised again the third day. So if he began preaching that then, could it have been part of that gospel of the kingdom that has been spoken of since Matthew chapter 4? It couldn't have been. Otherwise, when he says that, Peter would say, yeah, we know, we've been preaching that since you called us out in Matthew chapter 10. No, he wouldn't say Matthew chapter 10, but he said, we've been preaching this same thing from the very beginning when you called us. He says what? Verse 22, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Does Peter and the eleven there, do they expect him to die and to be raised again? No. In fact, um, you on down through there and you see you see some of those things, but they don't expect that. So then if they've been preaching the gospel of the kingdom, then his death, run, and resurrection wasn't part of the gospel of the kingdom. Couldn't have been. Gospel of the kingdom is what? Kingdoms at hand, we're going to heal sick, cast out devils. And these are going to be the signs unto the unbelieving nation of Israel, the lost sheep of the house of Israel, that their Messiah is here. The kingdom is at hand. And then we get a little bit farther. Notice real quick. Um, go over to Luke chapter 7. <clears throat> Luke chapter 7, um, and this matches up with, with um, um, a healing over in Matthew chapter 8 that we'll get to someday, and we'll finish off with this one this morning. But I want us to be able to see the ministry of Jesus Christ. What was he doing? Was there a difference in the group of people that he was talking to? All right, notice here in... Luke chapter 7, this, this is the same thing over in, in Matthew chapter 8, but uh, I wanted to get out of Matthew just to let us see some other things too. Verse 1, Now when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant, who was dear unto him, was sick and ready to die. And when he had heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the, the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. By the way, this centurion that we have here, in fact, the centurion servant here, uh, that's sick, the centurion, Jew or Gentile? He's a Gentile. What's really interesting about here, and we'll talk about this once we go through Matthew chapter 8, is you've got a Gentile coming to Christ, just like we have with the Seraphonician woman, wanting to be part of the kingdom. And the nation of Israel, the little flock, doesn't even care. And it's really interesting because this is actually, I think it's, this is the second, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is the second miracle that he does in Matthew chapter 8. And it's interesting because he goes and heals somebody right off the mountain and it's somebody that's full of lep leprosy and it's, it's a picture of the nation of Israel. They, they're leprous, they're, just, they're sick. They're sin-sick and dying. And then you got this Gentile that wants to be a part of it, and the Israel's so sin sick that they won't even go and do what they're doing. They're not even taking care of themselves. But notice, uh, verse 3 
And when he had heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he, he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do, uh, he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. Notice, this is a Gentile that has done what? Loves our nation and built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was uh, now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers, and I say unto one, Go, and he goeth, to another, Come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned him about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent, returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. Now when you look at that, What's he saying? There's this Gentile who's done what? Loves the nation, built a synagogue, and he says, turns him around and says, I've not found this type of faith in, in the nation of Israel, which is why they're so sin sick when he comes down off the mountain. He didn't even have to see Jesus. Yeah. And he says, just say the word, and I know my servant's going to be healed. You don't even have to come into my house. Just say the word, and it's going to happen. He knew. So then, Israel should have known, right? That's who all those signs were for. But the key here is, what I want us to think about is, <clears throat> was there a difference between circumcision and uncircumcision during Jesus Christ's earthly ministry? Answer is yes. <coughs> and you can't get away from it unless, of course, you get a modern Bible and takes all that stuff out. All right? Um, 